0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 23, verses 39 through 43. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve For our deeds but this man has done nothing wrong then he said jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and he replied truly i tell you today you will be with me in paradise this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god this morning i want to continue a series of sermons titled were you there Again, my purpose is to help us gain hopefully a deeper insight or at least a different insight maybe into the suffering and death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope to accomplish this by viewing the events on and at Calvary through the eyes of some of the folk who were there, who witnessed things up close. Two weeks ago, I chose the Roman centurion who was in charge of the execution detail on that Friday. We named him Marcus. We don't know exactly what his name was. And then last week we talked about one who was forced to carry the crossbar for Jesus, Simon of Cyrene. And this week I've chosen one of the criminals, one of the thieves. And we're gonna talk about what that means. He'll share with us in his letter why he was referred to as a thief. One of the thieves who was crucified along with Jesus. Except for his compatriot in crime, everybody else looked at things from the ground up. But this guy looked at things on the level, so to speak, where Jesus was being crucified as well. The letter is addressed to Noonan, First United Methodist Church, 33 Greenville Street, Noonan, Georgia, 30263. And he begins his letter, Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, greetings from Demas, a thief, a rabble rouser, a zealot. I know that you're not interested in long letters, but I also feel a need to begin at the beginning. Born on the poor side of town, so to speak, on the outskirts of Jerusalem, the mother city, we were outside the walls, the seventh of eight young'uns, I never knew my father. I was raised by the backside of my mother's hand when she bothered to come home, and when she did, she was often angry and ragged and inebriated. Most of the time, I was on my own, and I spent a lot of time just trying to scare things up, something to eat. On rare occasions, I would pick up a coin or two doing some odd jobs around, but most folks didn't want to hire me. I didn't exactly have the appearance of a kid who might show up on the front of a dealer's ad in your Sunday morning newspaper. So I learned to steal, small stuff at first, cluster of fruit from a street vendor or a coin that someone happened to leave lying around. I was getting pretty good at it. The only thing I was ever any good at except learning to hate, hatred. I was learning to hate with the best of them or the worst of them. With my teenage years approaching rapidly, I left home, such as it never was. And I struck out on my own. I lived in alleys and streets and often slept in abandoned buildings and continued to support myself, doing what I did best, stealing, and also getting mixed up with a gang, a group of rebels, a group of zealots who made my hating look very amateurish the gang was dagger carriers or torch throwers or zealots was the term they often used to describe them and a lot of us lived in caves alongside major roads and the only way we had to make a living so to speak was by robbing folks who passed back and forth on the road zealotry, insurrection, rabble-rousing, doesn't pay so well. So we had to rob folks. We had to take from others. And some of you may remember a story that you've heard a time or two, the story of the Good Samaritan, the road that went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And along the side of that road, there were caves. And we lived in those caves and we came out And we would often rob the folks who were moving up and down that road. So we came to be known as thieves. Though thievery was not our main occupation, we were zealots. We were enemies of the empire, the Roman empire. And we struck out every chance we got to do them harm and do them damage. At this point, my story becomes like so many others back in my day. My stealing skyrocketed my, my hatred skyrocketed and along with it, my carelessness and I got caught. Justice was not always just in my day, but it was always swift and it was very certain. The trial was held immediately. I would either be found innocent and released or I would be imprisoned for a short time And execute it. There were no such concepts in my day as probation or rehabilitation or parole or life imprisonment. At least those concepts did not exist for poor folk, riffraff, rebels like me. The date was set for my execution. It was a Friday morning. It would be Passover, although I was not very observant as a Jew, and that didn't mean a whole lot to me. I was shackled and led away to a dark and dreary cell where I would spend my last days. And the dread of what would be a very torturous death consumed me. I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. My only human contact besides the rough and ill-tempered guards was voice contact with the folk who were in the cells on either side of me. I don't recall their names. Well, I do one of them. On one side was someone just very much like me, but on the other side was a guy that I was talking to and found out his name was Barabbas. They woke us up early that Friday morning, (laughs) slid the last meal of sorts under the door. Everyone was frantic, and it led me to believe that there was something unusual going on executions of rabble-rousers, zealots, enemies of the empire like me, well, those were rather common. They made examples of us so they could stay in control. Something else was causing all of the disturbance. And there were some footsteps that were heavy in the corridor, and they stopped in front of the cell next to mine, and I heard a husky voice say, Take his chains off. And then the voice said, Barabbas, you're free to go. Some religious fanatic named Jesus was brought in last night. And you understand that it is the custom of the Jews on Passover to release one prisoner. And the religious leaders were crying out, almost like a mob, to set Barabbas free and crucify Jesus. So. "'Get up, Barabbas, and get away from here. "'I promise you, you won't ever be this lucky again. "'Someone taking your place, can you imagine?' "'And Barabbas took off like a scalded dog. "'I don't remember the exact time they drugged me "'and the other thief out of our cells, "'tied the crossbars on our back and let us out to die.' But it was on the way outside of the city gate that I caught my first glimpse of Jesus. He was younger than me, but he appeared to be so weak and so worn out, so tired. I didn't realize at first that he had been scourged. He had been beaten with a cruel whip and he had bled. And he kept stumbling and he kept falling. And someone had to be recruited to carry the crossbar for him. It was nearly noon when our solemn processional reached Golgotha, the place of the skull. It's unmistakable if you've ever seen it. And we were crucified. My words are inadequate to describe the pain. To go into the gory details would not bless you or me. So there I hung with the others, hoping that death would not be slow in coming. I was ready to give it up. The crowd, which consisted of more than the usual morbid curiosity seekers, you know the kind of folks who turn out for these sort of things. Why, I I don't know. Their words were loud and their words were hateful and directed mostly at Jesus. If you're the Son of God, save yourself, (laughs) come down from the cross. You saved others. Why can't you help yourself? And the enemy of the empire on the cross on the other side of Jesus joined the crowd and began to shout, Save yourself, Jesus. Save us in the process. (laughs) If you are who you say you are, are you not the Christ, the anointed one? before I realized what was going on and the pain was, was so intense, I was reprimanding that other thief, that other zealot. Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation and we indeed justly? For we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. I had heard of Jesus prior to all the Chaos of the last two days. Most everybody around our part of the world had had heard of Jesus. He sure seemed to be different. Maybe it was all that stuff he said about having come to seek and to save the lost, about calling sinners, not good folks, to repentance, about the way he identified with the hungry and the naked and the poor and the sick and the imprisoned. And then doing just that, doing good everywhere he went. What if he really meant it? What if this broken, wounded man hanging there between us, between two zealots, really was the son of God? Something deep inside of me began to stir like nothing I had seen or experienced or felt before. Confirming my suspicions, it's as if a voice were saying, call on him while you still got a breath left in you. And I did. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And as painful as it was, Jesus turned his head and looked at me and said, truly, for a fact, I say to you, today... You'll be with me in paradise. Because sundown Friday and sun, till sundown Saturday was the Sabbath day for, for my people. We didn't like leaving bodies on the cross overnight. So the authorities came and they broke my legs with a steel rod. And they broke the legs of the other thief, the other zealot. That would hasten the gruesome process. Jesus was already there. They did not have to break his legs. Something I'd heard about, an unblemished lamb with no broken legs. But they jabbed his side with the spear, the water, and the blood flowed. And then I slipped into unconsciousness, and shortly thereafter, death followed. Was Jesus true to his word? Had I been with him since that time? Yes. That's what he said would be. That's what he said would happen, isn't it? Is it ever too late to turn our hearts to Jesus, to Christ, as long as we have breath in us? No, never, never, never. But why would we wait? He came that we might have life not only eternal, but life abundant. Here and now, why would we wait? Why would you put it off? And the letter is signed Demas, a redeemed thief, no longer an enemy of the empire, but a friend of God. Amen.